0: Brought to you by
1: Mind Architecture, building worlds for your mind.
0: Good morning, Alan. Good morning. All right.
1: Finally abandoned the fall theme. I know we still have uh, plans to head down south and catch some fall leaves down maybe, I don't know, as far as Hocking Hills, but at least there's a bunch of good state parks, Furnace Run and Salt Lick. I always love the names of state parks because... They're odd and memorable, you know what I mean? So,
0: All right. So, yeah, we're like a week away from Thanksgiving. How crazy is that?
1: It, we we just had a brothers and sisters dinners with uh, Colleen's family. And one of the big discussions, of course, was, so who's making what for Thanksgiving? And because they've been doing this all their life, it really isn't much of a discussion. It really is. Sure, I'm in on potatoes. I'm in on salad. The hostess always is the one that makes the turkey. Um, it used to be that it was as I've laughed about before, bring out the first turkey because they had such a big gathering. But now that everybody's growing up, having kids, getting their own family traditions started and stuff like that, now 30 is down to 10. And okay. so there isn't quite the need for um, overwhelm. But what's funny is people haven't really broke that habit. So the groaning board of side dishes and stuff like that is still enough to feed 30, which <laughs> Now, one of the good habits of the family, maybe yours does this too, is someone gets those little styrofoam containers. And at the end of the meal, everybody goes through and grabs whatever they want left over of the green bean casserole, of the good stuffing of lots of turkey and stuff like that. And uh, one of our, one of Colleen's and my joy is we always get the carcass. It used to be carcasses, but she makes fantastic turkey soup. soup and that's just so important to it is you got to get that guy boil him down get all the good meat off of him and stuff like that and then by her throwing in all kinds of good veggies it just makes the heartiest most like warming soup so when we go off for one of our hikes it's great to come home and have a big old bowl of soup with maybe some fresh bread out of the bread machine and stuff like that i've always loved that thanksgiving is not just one thing but all the after there's so many good leftovers that we still have many meals based on plates and stuff
0: Christmas Eve growing up was always down at my grandmother's and New Year's Day was at my great-grandmother's. And that changed. And my kids did get to do some of that when they were really little, but they don't remember it a lot. And then it became just us here. And then with Gina and her kids, it was a big deal for a couple of years. But now it's just like Thanksgiving. It's not too many of us. And actually, when the kids were younger, because I had them one Thanksgiving and not the next, we started doing Thanksgiving on Saturday when I would get them. So they always invited friends. So those were some of the best Thanksgivings because they all had a ton of friends come. And that was when my friends could come and relatives who had other family would say, oh, yeah, we can come Saturday, just not Thursday. So I'm like, why don't we just do Thanksgiving on Saturday and forget Thursday? We'll spend Thursday with games and movies, and Saturday oh will be Thanksgiving. We might do – we're probably not going to do it this year because going to a soda, a show for the soap next year, we might plan on it and see.
1: Got it. Another thing I've always liked is we – Our family always had Thanksgivings. We'd bring my grandfather and uncle and so forth to to House Baltus. But then when my parents moved away, and we all moved away, there was a, a diaspora, if that's how you say it, of all of us going to Ohio and Indiana and Florida and California and stuff. I was, because people knew, especially after... Um, my parting from she must not be named they knew that i was a solo act and i guess they pictured me at the gas station getting some little roller fries full of turkey or something so i was invited h and kathy had me down to uh, carmel indiana one year and it's it's carmel not carmel because that's what every state does is take the better known one and you have to differentiate yourself um, but and that we had a couple of MEDSA groups. Vern Verlin and Dunn-Alberton in Chicago would have like the Orphans Thanksgiving. People like me who just, their families had fled the scene, but they were still around. And that was really wonderful. More like the real tradition of Thanksgiving where it wasn't just gathering a family. It was everybody in the village, everybody that it was just so nice to celebrate this lots of food. What are you thankful for with people that you don't necessarily know? And sometimes a family thing is also like, you revert to the role you were when you were 10. And and there's sometimes tensions with the crazy uncle or something like that. But those kinds of things were just so much wonderful conversation. I didn't know what to expect. Great gaming. The, the people that were so generous to open their house up to a couple dozen people of all races, creeds, colors, religions, hat sizes. It was really fun. And uh, I similar I, i'm going to like a new year's day party with friends that i had made through a thing i did called life spring and it just was so much like getting outside of family and doing true fellowship i i really loved it we'd have lots of great conversation and watch a movie or two together and everybody would when you are doing a, a pot like like that everybody has like maybe new year's traditions that they'd bring. Oh, this is what my family always had. So again, just this incredible array of food. And I I just, I have, some people have really tough holidays where they really are alone and they, it isn't easy. You know what I mean? Holidays can be a time of depression or of solitude. And I guess if solitude means you're thinking of what are you going to do with your new year or that kind of thing, but I never wanted to be the Mad Magazine long ago had, so what are you doing for your birthday? I think I'll stick a candle in a cupcake and have a good cry. (laughs) Maybe that was National Lampoon, because it sounds a little dark for Mad. But I've I've always been blessed to have friends that thought of me, or if I just mentioned, hey, parents out of town don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe go see a couple of movies at the Empty Movie Theater, because who goes out to (laughs) movies on Thanksgiving Day? And yet, I have, like I said, been blessed by folks that, Included me in and forever. Thank you, Scott and Lori Miller. Thank you, H and Kathy Houston. The people that have been so decent to me for Christmas or Thanksgiving or other things to make sure that I wasn't just in the dark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. So speaking of movies, we saw the marvels, you saw the marvels, and I know there's been a lot of negativity about it, that this isn't a great movie. It's bombing, it's failing, it's horrible, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? Uh, I so I thought
1: it was solid, and you I know, loved it's, it. It's, it's, it's not in my I don't know whatever the top ten of because it had great battle scenes, because it had great humor, it had elements of all of those things. And you and I have talked about this. I hate that the most things now the way that they give a review is disappointing financial results. Only made fifty million. Oh my God! Is the MCU over? It's like how about not waiting until the third paragraph before you talk about how good the movie was or not it's very weird to have that really i don't know ugly side of the business i know of course movies have to make money to be able to make another movie and i like it when my favorites when comic book movies broke out of being in the background and a lot of people started to enjoy them, I was like, hey, everybody, I'm glad you're finally seeing what's so cool about the mythology of comic books. And the fact that some of those early ones really had, they captured just the right people to play Tony Stark, to play the Black Widow, whoever else it might be. So I was heartened by that, but things are so mercenary nowadays, and it's been, they're compared between you name it between past movies from the mcu between uh, this weekend in particular hey it's the second worst performing as if i couldn't care less about it's the second weekend of november or whatever it happened to be it's like they decide whether they're going to attack it or like it and then find reasons to do which is so much part of america now i've already come to my conclusion now i'll look for supporting facts and dismiss all the rest and having said that I don't want to talk about only the financials because why did I like the movie? It has great banter. You know what I mean? Like there's three principal characters that each of the Marvels, if you will, Captain Marvel and Professor Marvel, who they don't know what they don't know how to refer to Photon and other incarnations that she's had, Monica Rambeau and Ms. Marvel. And even that's funny because she's not even a Ms. yet, right? She's, she's like a teenager. Right. But that it's got wonderful things about not generational conflict, but generational sharing or generational misunderstanding because some of the vocabulary is different and what gets people excited if you're a fangirl and you're about to go into battle with captain marvel one of the first things you're going to do is say i've always loved you i have your posters on my wall. you know what i mean great as if captain marvel is taylor swift or whatever else it might be so i really love that they spent time making the dialogue each of the characters really sounds like who they are one is a battle-hardened veteran one is an enthusiastic teenager one is an academic and a professional that she's been drawn into the superhero life not because she always wanted to be a biff bam pow person but because she got these powers and like how are you going to use them responsibly some of i some of the battle scenes are great you know what i mean when not only are they flying, but people learning how to fly it's not an immediate thing that you'd like launch off from the ground and immediately be an expert in aeronautics You'd be one of those plummeting birds from the cliff where you better learn to fly pretty quick or you're going to bounce down. Anyway, I thought the the, the weakest point of the Oh, it
0: was just Carol. (laughs) That was the best line when they were falling. And, And they're all like, oh, my gosh. And then Carol Danvers hits the ground and Fury goes, oh, it's just Carol. My, me and Colin were laughing out loud at so many of these things in the theater. There's a lot of great Marvel. There's a lot of funny things in Marvel, but this one actually we laughed out loud because it just struck us as so funny. That's a
1: great way to put. When you know someone is like incredibly powerful, a fall's not going to be whatever it does. Maybe them being in the heart of a sun or something like right. that—the ability to reignite a sun. I don't mean to give any spoiler alerts. It, it was a good exploration of their powers and of how well they how comfortable they are using them a little bit, a lot different actually of Miss Marvel in the comic books versus the hard light powers that she shows in the movie. And I think in the TV series are a, a big variation, like a green lantern variation of where right. she much more affects her own uh, uh, physiology, big fists and how she can control her body as opposed to controlling the outside world, if you will. So I'm hardly a comic book purist, but that was one of the big things that's different than what I had gotten used to from reading in comic books, they did show, I, I love that they have, the world is multicultural nowadays, and so showing her family and how, like the mother is the, uh, um, r- rules the roost. You know what I mean? She has, of course, no powers except she's the mom and she's used to saying that you be careful out there even while her daughter is going to fight space baddies. And it, that one thing I thought, and then I read with even more reinforcement is Nick Fury's role here and his stuff with the secret invasion, it explains why secret invasion, which we both didn't much like, is as it is, that maybe it's all like the Two Towers, the middle book in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. (laughs) It's all preparation for the final battle, but there's not much there in that episode itself. So Secret Invasion is, well, there are scrolls on Earth, and they do indeed have a war going on with the Kree, and here's how they might have infiltrated. But it's, and maybe it also suffers the same thing that I thought the biggest problem with the Marvels, and maybe you thought this too, was I've gotten used to having a good villain a lot of the way you see a good hero is because they're up against a good villain and not because they're more bestial and more, it's like there has to be understandable motivation and has to be that maybe they do chew a little bit of scenery, but they have to be that there's really danger here or there's really tragedy here or whatever. That's such a characteristic of Marvel villains is they're rounded characters. And I thought, unfortunately that the lead Krull, uh, not Krull, Cree enforcer was like a paper cutout instead of, I could see why she's really bereft without her planet, that there's an ecological disaster, that she's worried about how she has to go after the scrolls because she thinks they caused it, or she's going to at least steal from them. To, to. I got that wrong. It's not the scrolls that caused it. It's the Annihilator. It's Captain Marvel when she killed the Supreme Intelligence. And I don't think I'm doing spoiler alerts here because that was in the first movie, that if you watch Captain Marvel, it's so... I guess it's a good thing to be able to show consequences. One of the good things of the Marvel universe is it isn't just a series of episodic things like DC was often accused of besides Marvel is that there's like a reset button and they don't, the episodes don't tie together Whereas there's almost always a very good through line in the Marvel things where what you did has consequences. You know what I mean? If someone dies, they're really missed or if you really offended someone, they might come back to haunt you as now the villain is even more obsessed with you. So i didn't get that i didn't get it she was i can't even remember her name darvan or something Um, darvan darvan yeah that's what's a what a sad thing i hardly ever don't remember those kinds of things she didn't make a thanos like impression on ultron a where immediately you remember the villain name because a lot of times they also choose the name that really is um the mouthfeel is that it is villainous that it is a race or something like that and instead she was just a cipher. So.
0: I wish it would have been better in that regard. (laughs) So I I, I thought the movie was really pretty good. We enjoyed it. And and I think part of other people's problem is it's okay. We had end game. We had this huge battle. We had every, and so everything has to be better than that. Marvel fatigue instead of Yeah, that- okay. no, okay. it doesn't. No, it's not going to be. I, I said this about guardians three. I said, it was great. It wasn't world changing. It was one person in their group. That was the thing they were all fighting for. And that made it different. This I do agree at the beginning it, it was a little muddied and they got into it so quick that you were like trying to catch up and figure out what was going on. And I think it could have been a little clearer as to what the motivations were and why this was all happening. Uh, but other than that, uh, the only change I said, and this is personal, is they put the parents on the space station with fury. But really, it was unnecessary my one change would have been that when all the flurgles or whatever they are, the cats started.
1: Flurkins. Flurkins, I, to, I yes. remember that one. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so that fury was not like upset or afraid and wanting to stay away from him, which I would have been like, eh, that doesn't seem right. He, he lost an eye and the, the kind of the opposition. Okay. I think he should have been more like wanting to stay away from him. I think the mother should have been the one to realize hey, let these flurkins eat everybody and we can transport them better. And that would have made more sense for the characters and why they were on the space station. And it we would have okay. got the same results. That just a little personal thing. But overall, the movie was solid. Is it the best movie storyline ever? No, but it's it, it was better than most people say. <laughs>
1: One thing I really liked about it was that it didn't have, like you said, maybe they threw them in the early that you're unsure what's going on. But I actually like movies that respect your intelligence, that you will yes. catch on. Oh, when they keep using the word entangled, where do I most often hear that in science? Quantum entanglement. That's spooky action at a distance. Things can have an influence on each other no matter space and time, if you will, right. because that's how quantum weirdness works. And so the way that they portrayed that, also the special effects of instant bodies changing in space you know what i mean that when they both use their powers at the same time and again uh, we really do have to put a little spoilers alert warning on our when we post this because we have talking about things that it they're important to the movie and they there might be a little bit surprising flirting wise and stuff like that but right that was it was for instance good to see that at first they're really like "What, what the hell's going on and they're really weirded out by it and then because they're tacticians and you know smart they get to say we could actually use this to be able to do like triple team of villain where they don't know who's coming at them with what power and, and right. all that good stuff and them showing that quick body swapping and how it gives them an amazing advantage of being that unpredictable that was very well done and the special effect showing that little bit of I don't know, blur, shimmer, whatever the transpositions are, it really wasn't clunky like old-time special effects would have looked. It actually looked like there was some kind of energy transfer going on and that somebody right. knew and had that space. I don't remember whether it had a noise. I think it did because Marvel's really good about that, that this power beam sounds like this and this impact of a hammer sounds like that. Right. I think that there was a good cool, whatever... Maybe I'm making it up a little, up. Maybe a little sizzle. Do so I hear a little sizzle? Exactly. Because yeah. you'd think that there's displaced air. They're not all exactly the same mass, size, shape, et cetera. So there would be some kind of compensation going on in the physical world for you're putting
0: something, a bigger peg into the hole that something else just came out of or vice versa. That was very effective. The training montage was very good because they were like, okay, let's really figure this out so we can do this and switch intelligently. And and it wasn't just the Rocky where they're getting strong. They were juggling and trying to switch while juggling and carrying books on their head. And I thought that was cool because it's different. And I know there are people out there, that was stupid. You're the same people always saying that's boring because it's been done 200 times. They didn't do, and I know there are people that are like, what's with this stupid uh, singing language? That's ridiculous. But it it's different. And
1: it I it was
0: it made it lighthearted and their reactions was great. And then the guy started speaking and, oh, he's bilingual. Oh my gosh, right. that's so funny to think <laughs> of.
1: As many of like the throwaway funny lines that it wasn't a big setup for a joke and stuff like that. It was just the wit came out from the the interactions between the characters very naturally instead yeah. of it being, okay, here's where we pause the tension with a bit of humor. There's, I don't know, it's like battlefield humor. You know what I mean? You have to relieve the tension somehow. And, and I really liked a lot of those things. That's going to have... The quotable quotes list from this one is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. and you know, that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> and Kamala. Now I know I also saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, they shouldn't have TV characters go into the movies and inner That's giving us too much. That they, they don't fit. It doesn't work. Are you freaking kidding me? I thought Kamala was fantastic. She was my favorite character when they were right. on the singing and she's walking and dancing and she immediately got into it. Instead yeah. of too mature for that or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I it, thought she was great. This is funny.
1: There's lots being... So this movie has aspects of the multiverse, once again, you know, that there's not only Earth 616 and the according universe of that, but also... It's weird, Marvel already has its multiverse because it is the comic books versus the TV shows versus the movies. And I got to say, take out the verses. They have indeed integrated so that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has lots of things that roll over into, even if that Nick Fury was not the featured performer, it was Clark Gregg. But the, I really like that they aren't just throwing things together and having it not make sense they really try to bring in aspects of maria hill is like a, a through line same as h colson and that when they show like who are the big science heads that they'll bring in some of the same people that aren't really uh they don't figure into this movie but if you're talking about who would be examining a visitor from another universe it might be the brightest of the x-men oops spoiler alert once again (laughs) you know what i mean so it's it's cool to see that they didn't just say the x-men can finally appear because we figured out the contracts with sony that it's actually a a big part of what's going on is that if you tear a rift in the universe and then someone goes through and what are they going to find on the other side are they going to find a duplicate of them are they going to find a an evil variation the soap opera evil twin thing i love that they're they are whatever we're in phase five of the marvel universe or something like that yeah somewhere i love that they keep just like marvel comics have always done they plant seeds they don't immediately say let's rush to whatever the next thing is there's i think i mentioned one of my favorite things ever uh, like an an issue of the avengers maybe 103 or something like that had a sentinel grabbing vision and going analysis indicates an android of five decades vintage and wait a minute the mad thinker just created him like two years ago and they left that unresolved that reference unresolved 30 more issues three years five years whatever it was and i just i love the fact that someone really has the brilliance to come up with that, and then the patience to let it work its way out. And there's got to be a big board at Marvel Central that has, don't forget that at one point we talked about the Red Room. And so now we have to have some references in Black Widow's history or the White Widow or whatever's coming. There's all these things. Of course, there'd have to be, if you're going to have a Green Lantern, it's roy g biv there's not only green how are we going to introduce someone had those great ideas and then to see them well executed is a joy it's not i don't know for the metal man there's more than seven metals what would happen with I, i i can go on with all the plot lines that have occurred to me did i ever tell you this one of my favorites storm has been much pursued much impressive to all kinds of people in the marvel universe and not all of them good And so what would it have been like to have like a bachelor competition between Dracula and Dr. Doom and um, T'Challa and all those kind of things, you know, that the ways of romance are not always clear. They're not always good, evil, if you will. And what would she have done if she was getting like really pursued by, maybe pleased by a really powerful guy's attention, a really witty guy's attention, even if it's not her usual crowd of friends. Tell me that's not screaming. from Why do people in, you name it, in schools, you go out with someone from another high school? Oh my God, it's like you started a gang war. No, I just thought he was cute. I just thought she was interesting. <laughs> like I said, one day when someone does that plot line, and they already have, Storm has had multiple romantic interests, but not some of the ones that I just named. It, I like the fact that the multiverse hasn't just been now we can do anything and not have it make sense. I really like the fact that they're still, in many ways, taking their time and planting the seeds and letting people think about what could that mean and where is this going and who's going to be involved in that. Right. Then, if they execute it, it's very satisfying to say, That's what I thought was ha- was going to happen, but I didn't get it all because they also brought in AIM or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've always loved that about comic books.
0: <laughs> you, you mentioned the uh, multiverse and that, and the one secret surprise at the end which wasn't yeah. a huge surprise we knew that was coming somewhere but mm-hmm. if you remember back to wandavision they used the different peter the what's his name lightning guy uh what's her name her- oh. her-
1: pietro right Quipsel. pietro yeah exactly. yeah they used right. the right.
0: other one from the x-men first class and you're like why do you look different and, and that was wonderful and, and if you're yeah. not up on it then you're like why are they talking about that but the bigger the after not after credits, but that other scene they always seem to throw in. Yeah. That was the most exciting. Colin just about flipped out of his seat watching that. <laughs> and I love both those characters and I love the what they're hinting that's coming for the next, char- next set there. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm in. Because those two characters from their shows w- was fantastic. I love them both. Exactly. And in fact, that's,
1: I hope, another thing. It's funny, I don't always mean to Dis the DC universe because, but in my mind, that was always the big comparator was that shared tied together. You really do have interactions between the various different heroes and villains and stuff like that. And Marvel has always been great about that. And honestly, is there anything that has ever made people stay to the end of the movie more than Marvel's end scenes from the very first Avengers movie where Nick Fury shows up? And actually, it wasn't that that was
0: Iron Man, Iron Man, exactly. No, Ross in the bar with Hulk. Okay, I'm on you wanna take
1: my card. We're gonna to put together a thing, the Avengers Initiative or whatever. And that again just laid so much anticipation and what's going on and that that the world is bigger than the episode, the tiny little bit that we just saw. I they have been very smart about that. And yeah. this time I was surprised they didn't have even another one all the way at the end because right. the history has been not that little cut scene in the middle of credits. It's that you have to wait all the way to the end and they're like basically collecting their coats and popcorn boxes and stuff. And then, but I think that's the most I've ever seen. There's always been people that want to see who was the gaffer in the key grip and all the other special effects type things. But the fact that there's story. And in fact, the first time when you walked out of a movie and then your friends told you, Oh, you shouldn't have left
0: because they had more. And I was like, Wait, what? I do not want to miss a minute of it. Which anything. to be fair, they didn't invent that. There have been movies in the past. All Ferris Bueller is probably the more famous one from decades right. ago. The
1: singing in the shower. Is that exactly that was right.
0: the one? That was the one where after the credits, he goes, Hi, are you still here? What are you doing here? The credits are That's done. Right. go home. Go home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you're right. I, I, I mixed between it. It the the fact that that was still like an additional, sometimes they'll have looper reels. If you've seen any Jackie Chan movie that they have playing over the credits or after the credits, all the ways in which he got hurt during the filming and stuff like that. He really is an amazing athlete, but not invulnerable. And so sometimes what always, I know I'm jumping all over, what always amazes me is he broke his ankle there. He just wrapped it up, put on a boot that looks like a gym shoe and then continued to do those incredible acrobatics that every time I always give a, a a total respect homage to the carrie strugues of the world who in the olympics had hurt herself and yet did a running down the thing total vault coming down maybe partly on that bad foot who's that brave who's that who else has that incredible self-control that they can overcome their pain and their fear and still do what they've trained their body to do it isn't just Carrie, it's Jackie Chan. <laughs> you know what I mean? That there's people that really have gotten messed up and they're like, but well, we need to get one more cut. Didn't Harrison Ford? Harrison like, Ford, Tom Cruise. All, yeah. All kinds of people, in of course, and action movies, you'd think, that's got to happen all the time. And you don't right. just rub it out and go on. Sometimes you break a bone and then maybe they take, as people get older, they have to take a break from filming. But sometimes people have just said, we need another take. We're, everything's set up. I'm going to play through my pain and get, this. it's just yeah. amazing people can do that yeah
0: exactly. i also saw that stephen king did a tweet about the movie and mm. he said you know what look i don't care about marvel movies i don't care about superhero movies i haven't watched any of these I, I i could care less but what is wrong with all you people that are getting joyous that it's falling apart that you're destroying it that you want it to fail that he's just shut up and move on let the people enjoy it i'm just like Good for Stephen King. (laughs) If you're going to talk about anybody who's had some crappy movies, he's got tons of them. But he's always had the attitudes. Look, I wrote the books. If you enjoy it, great. If they make a good movie, good for them. If you enjoy the movie, good or bad, good for you.
1: I got paid no matter what. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So it's cool that he's going in and saying, all you people, that are trying to destroy this and bring it down. And you're celebrating because it's failing. Shut up. Go away. (laughs) I'm like, good for you. Thank you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I I agree the armchair quarterbacking of people like looking for, I only go to a race to see a car crash. That's very weird to have it being applied to silly movies and stuff like that. Now <laughs> I, I, for a long time, 20 years plus read entertainment weekly when it really covered all the various different things, much like you and I try to do from our geeky perspective. And he wrote a column for that for five years running yeah. maybe, I, maybe It was three, but, and one of the things I loved about it was he showed the depth and breadth of just how familiar he was with everything about literature, everything about movies, everything about the craft of writing—he really was like the friend whose recommendation you would listen to as to why you would see or not see a movie. And the way he expressed it was just very well written, very understandable. He he definitely had opinions and would share them. You know what I mean? So right. just not another blah columnist. He really. Absolutely was one of the highlights of that magazine while he was doing it, and it was coming out. I really miss it. It's no longer being published. I think there's a website and stuff like that. Okay. Sorry about this. I need to take a little bit of a break. Sure, break. Okay, no problem. Take a break.
0: Okay. Hey. That worked That worked out well, because while we were talking, the vet called. My dog is in getting her eye. She had uh, an ulcer in her eye. Something probably got scratched underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and boxers are really bad about getting eye sores, and then they don't heal. So we've been dealing with this for a little over a month, and she's had a cone on. She can't mm-hmm. scratch it, giving her drops. And it healed a little bit, and it, then it didn't progress. And they did a few things trying to... Pro- get it to progress and just mess with it. So she went in this morning for not surgery, but a, a, whatever you would call it, some technique. They use a needle and try and break it up and they give it some blood injection. But while we were here, they called. I'm like, okay, as soon as I'm done, I'll find out what they wanted. Turns out she's doing okay and it looks better. So they didn't even do the thing they were going to do, which is good because that was like $500. So I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. So that was like,
1: cool. Every veterinarian has like a patient that can't talk to them. You know what I mean? Right. They really have to learn from, I don't know, doggy expression or obviously how the thing itself presents itself. What am I going to do? And are they really in pain? And I don't know, dogs, they, they you can't tell the dog, okay, stay really still. The dog kind of has automatic reactions about flinching away and anything right. that pains it It to try. So uh, that's off to veterinarians when they can take care of something as
0: sensitive as an eyeball and not be really right. scary, and, close to... Uh, and okay. we've always tried to... Take care of the animals and take them into the vet for checkups when, and and if something was wrong, try and do it because we took on that responsibility. I can't stand the people that get an animal and then like, just tie it up outside and ignore it. uh, There's so many things, never take it to the vet and Mm -hmm. the animal suffering. Cassie is old. She is 13 and boxers rarely live to be this old. And that's one of the problems with the eye too. They don't heal well in boxers, which is part of our problem. But when Mm -hmm. when we took her in there, she having pain. I'm like, I don't think so. They're like a lot of dogs this age get arthritis and stuff. And I'm like, she seems okay. So we started giving her this medicine for pain, joint pain. And suddenly she's perked up a bit and running around outside. I'm like, oh, now I feel bad because maybe she was in pain and I, I didn't know it, but she acted okay. She wasn't whining. She was maybe a little lethargic. Uh, She would walk around and wag her tail and have a good time outside. But now she's like a puppy again. She's oh, like, exactly. yeah. So I'm like, okay. That wonderful. That they are? <laughs> yeah. Good vet. Redstown vet has been a very good vet, very pleased with them. And it's not the first vet we've had over the last 20 some years. And I'm just really happy with them. And they're so close.
1: Yeah. yeah. I did the same as you for both Shotzi and and Fenris. I always make sure that they had their yearly checkups and and handled things. And whenever I noticed anything, took care of it. That's one of the, one of the things I, they talk about how dogs like they'll jump in the car when they think they're going out to take a big run in the fields. But if you have a bad vet experience and they get skittish about the car. And I remember Shotzi at one point we had to give her a whole bunch of nice experiences to make up for and this is it's this is terrible to talk about sometimes doggies drag their little pose on the rug and what's going on there apparently she had a thing where they've got glands near their anus that um is out one of the places in which they have scent or put scent pyotanal glands if i remember yeah. right and sometimes they get blocked or over full and they actually have to give them a squeeze to right. express them. and if you're looking for something where the dog is going to give you a look of indignation of what the hell, <laughs> what are you doing back there? That was the, that was the thing that made Shotzi uh, unhappy with the vet because up until then, she had been really, even when she got a shot, when they had to shave a little spot and all that kind of stuff, she was always uh, very well, wonderfully mannered but that must have been just uncomfortable enough that she was like, let's not go back there. Let's not go back to where they uh, Cass- leave my fuzzy little
0: popo alone.
1: So, Cassie uh, loves so, car rides. Listen,
0: I haven't thought of that in 30 years. Good luck. <laughs> Cassie loves car rides and she gets excited to go into the vet because she sees all sorts of other animals. She was excited, jumped in the car, got to the vet. And she was excited going in. She's looking around and pulling, wanting to go. And then the lady came out and took the leash from me and started to walk back. Cassie went, Nope. And it wasn't because she didn't want to go back because shots and things like that. She never has a problem. It was just because I wasn't going back. She is so attached to me and she gets so anxious anymore when I'm not around that I had to walk to the door and she's oh, okay. And went back. And then she was probably like, Hey, what the hell? Where'd you go? So you know,
1: I used to, even with Fenris, I used to be out of town for my occasional mental weekends or whatever like that. And the one time that I had to kennel her, because I couldn't find someone to come over and take care and so forth. She got like kennel cough. It was exactly the bad experience you don't want from putting her in a kennel. And I remember like my walking in and her like where they walk so run so fast that they're scraping the little guys on the waxed floor. She was just like that. So I never did that again. I actually had a pet sitter lady that would come over and and take care, feed her, walk her, that kind of stuff. And in one case, that's why I'm embarrassed. I cannot remember her name, but maybe it'll come to me. Benrus had, I used to give them horse hooves as a chew thing because they, just like a nylon bone, right. they crack, they shave. And so most of the time they go from lots down to nothing and you don't worry about complications, if you will. This little clown swallowed a big enough piece that it then wouldn't pass and it was hurting him and he expressed himself to her. She took him to the vet. They actually had to cut him open, cut his stomach open, get this thing out. I think it was stomach versus intent, intestines. I think it wouldn't pass—not out of his little last opening, but I think it couldn't pass into the intestinal tract. And so, she saved him. You know what I mean? And, and hats off to the veteran. The veterinarian did a great job, and he did indeed have the cone of shame, just like your wonderful boxer had for a while. And he was—he couldn't get used to it. He kept catching it on the side of the counter. Yes, like she's that. horrible. <laughs> exactly. But what was funny is as what they told me was he's foolish and he really, the minute that the cone came off, he kept licking. And I think that already the stitches were out, but what they said was it itches him so much that he'll pull his own stitches out. And he, it it looked like we waited just the right amount of time because indeed he would have done that. That's such an irritant to them, that a, a little weird adventure to make sure that my doggy was okay. But even with stitches in, even with the cone on, when I came home, he like stood up dad you're home and buddy don't pull anything don't and i don't know dogs are just amazingly if they can like you're saying maybe the, the, your guy when it was hurting him a little bit he just didn't run as fast he favored one leg or whatever it might be but now that it doesn't hurt his little doggy brain goes let's go run and then i can run as farther than i ever have and i'm happy another quick story this week <laughs> i thought that mange was something like from the 1880s you know (laughs) what i mean when you taught you mangy well i know something you said to insult a guy in the old west my dog got sarcoptic mange at some point it's tiny little parasites that Mm. are incredibly itchy and they they really i noticed right away that he had something going on because he wasn't that little where they bite him like down to where fur was being removed and he's a fuzzy beast so when you see a ball patch on him what's going on luckily they know how to treat it they give them a big dip and they have to do it more than once so that they kill not only the things but the eggs they might have laid and stuff like that but forever after it's like i never thought in my life that i'd have to say i once had a mangy dog you know what i mean i really (laughs) thought that was something that just as long as you have your flea collars on and all that kind of stuff but no i had a mangy dog for whatever that month and had to get him and then i'm like okay buddy i want to cuddle you but I'm not going to cuddly you. Where I'm going to get mangy? We had a strained relationship, of all the usual. I was very cuddly and hands-on with my pooches, and I had to just steer clear while that stuff was acting. Right, anyway, right. mangy.
0: I had a mangy dog. Come on. <laughs> oh, well. So we were talking about marvels. Let's keep on marvel. Loki just recently ended, and exactly fantastic show.
1: I, I they, that what a great character arc that they really did things from him having been such an evil villain like the telling humanity that you will always kneel scene in one of the you know very like, first avengers just what an eric sob you know what i mean he just he really was the god of evil the god of mischief and they've done great things where maybe that's sometimes what happens with villains is that you get a worse villain like a kang where part of what they are is they can't stand to be dominated by anybody else and so he has to at least stop that and just as he he developed loyalties to other people he like i want I, this is going to be my universe i'm going to fight for my universe i'm not going to let it get splintered into. and i'm glad they did that because hiddleston's range is so good that he shouldn't yeah. always just be leering smirking evil he really they showed very good things going on here yeah. and all the variations that we've laughed about the alligator loki and, the, and all that right. stuff he played a very good new version of himself if you will
0: and the show has been so good and if you look at it the very first episode and the very last episode had the same title so they were tying it all together i did not realize that good good observation that's cool yeah and it was just very well done again it was very self-contained so -hmm. if you don't see it you're not missing a whole lot except maybe a few king things and it wasn't it really was saving the universe even more than with Thanos, but it was done on such a way that it, you couldn't tell with the rest. It was different. And yeah. the characters were so great. Owen Wilson and Kehu Kwan, who was short round.
1: obvious and Ouroboros. Exactly. And they, honestly, I love when the Thomas Hearns and the and you know, Simon Greens, they have great naming of characters yeah. to where it's like a really memorable and it really portrays them. They immediately know something about them just by their name. And indeed, or Boris and Mobius are both like that versions of Infinity if you will the snake swallowing oh, right. its own tail that it. it returns on its other only I they did a really good job with that and one of the wonderful things about the series was that they had all kinds of let' me see how to say this the they took their time showing things like that it isn't always the biggest punch that wins that sometimes it's persistence you know what i mean if you've got an infinite amount of time to solve a problem the thing is keep going when you're going through hell keep going keep trying new things know that you have to solve this problem and no matter how many setbacks you get you're like then try this or go faster or do and and so that one episode where they really were showing all the ways in which they were going to conquer how do you get the time funnel to not branch out infinitely but actually focus back down it was very well done but hardly conventional superhero stuff that's like seeing the manhattan project about right we must conquer this you know what i mean technically if you will so i really love that a lot of People, again, I sound a little bit like, hey, I went to my literature class. There were good story arcs for a lot of people where they changed, they grew, they learned, they got worse or better. Some people didn't handle the pressure well and had to check out of being like the person that's on the line doing this. And other people stepped up and other people were just like, I don't feel any pressure because I'm on the spectrum and all I like is solving puzzles. I'll solve your puzzle. You know what I mean? It's they had really good portrayals of what is it to be such a galactic level narcissist? that you really have to be in charge and that and if you can't win, you'll outlast them. Be who remains or whatever else it right. might be. And and right. all the sacrifices you're willing to make, usually of others, in order to get your goal. I don't know. We both have narcissists in our lives that once in a while we're like, does nobody else see this? This person is crazy. They're willing to do anything. Like this is the dark triad, like made flesh. What? Right. <laughs> really? Nobody else sees this? Or they see it and they say, I love that he seems strong she seems like she's yeah. uh, the person that should be involved
0: in this so uh. that's a whole discussion <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah loki the man it was so much fun and what's his name that plays lively kang uh, i know there were people complaining about his character in the show because of the way he talked and it's okay if you're going to have an unlimited number of variations that you want to distinguish them. You don't want them all talking, acting the same. And he did such a fantastic job of making this character unique and separate. And I think, yes, the speech patterns could annoy some people, but why? So There are people with different speech patterns. Wait
1: until the next episode, and he'll be a different version of himself. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: If you've had to listen and- A lot of uh, uh, work stuff with people from other countries. If they're speaking English, there's some halting. There's some words mixed up. Y- you m- deal with it. You move on. It's But I thought he did such a good job with this character. And people want to complain about it. Shut, like we said with the Marvels, just shut up. Go watch My Little Pony or something if you're that upset.
1: <laughs> Honestly, this is meant to be dismissive. When you hear those kinds of complaints, like, hey, how come English isn't not only the only language in the United States, but let's enforce that by law, I've just learned a lot more about you than I have about anything having to do with that situation of people being bilingual, of people immigrating in and having to take a while, ESL-wise, to learn the language. That immediate separation, and that if it's different, it's bad, it's wrong, it's less, there's such a mental flaw there of that they don't appreciate not like a diversity is such a loaded term. They don't appreciate difference. You know what I mean? Wow, I want to hear every kind of bird cry. I want to see every color. I want to, like, I embrace that, that not everybody speaks the same. Not everybody walks the same. Like, one of the cool things about mimics is that they are perceptive and skilled at being able, he didn't just uh, talk like Johnny Carson. He had those little things where Johnny would play with his pen or, right. you know what I mean, characteristic type things. and. I really, the fact that people are that uncurious to be like what, what, that's a word I've not heard before because it's like a Cajun English composite. I love learning those things instead of that's funny talk and get him. Like I said, you learn a lot more about people that are that same, tiny, load Same reason the people didn't thinking. like jar. Exactly. And I'll, I'll hear hop soapbox time for those who, like, it's very weird to have people talk about cultural appropriation because... I really think that there's skill, craft, to being able to sound like a person of another neighborhood, another community, another race, another anything, and that you're not stealing from them. You're not stopping a person getting that role. I'm pretty sure that they had auditions, and they decided that the person that's best going to play this is, like there's too many examples if you're supposed to have an asian american character you don't want it to be mickey brooney where it was so broad that it really was insulting but it really is okay to have someone i don't know why there's a minefield here i don't want to say the wrong example where i admired craft like this is funny whenever they have role exchange movies where boom the magic lamp makes it so that a father and his son or and then there's the different jargon that goes with kids versus adults or it's not always same sex that it's suddenly people and once in a while they do it like steve martin and lily tomlin in all of me if i remember right they do it so like perfectly broadly that you're not insulted by him finding this thing that is how women walk or that she wouldn't be aware that after a guy uses the urinal, you have to like give it a shake. You know what I mean? I, I know I really, really went into the gutter there, but those were just the, it isn't the gutter. It's it's okay to have experiences that are not exactly shared. And that if you were trying to fake it, you really might overdo it because you haven't lived in that body with that, you name it, that voice, that musculature, that balance, all the things that go into a makes a person. I think that you can still come across as are you demure or allowed all those things and they're not if anything the people that say they shouldn't be allowed to allow because you really are saying that all asians are the same and that there's only one way to be asian and that person because they didn't give your stereotype version of the asian that somehow they're wrong they're mocking it they're i i find that every time that people talk about what's wrong between if you will the races it's more there's more variation within variation within each race than there is at all between the races and so and there isn't any real variation it's like breeds of dogs yeah. <laughs> versus that there's really three different races of man nope we are all homo sapiens not homo superior because that's love for the x men i like it it doesn't take even science to say that i'm learning more about you than i am about that situation by what you think that there's only one way to be an ideal, an exact, because I regularly drop into and out of various different languages and patois, because sometimes when you want to say, a comedian makes fun of this, if you're talking about, we're going to go over and we're going to have some a salad and some rolls and some manicotti. And you're like, people really do suddenly become broad Italian when they say Italian food, because that's funny because it's not, you're not making fun of them. And you're not like, trying to if you will take their place it's more like that that's just something that you do if i'm trying to speak cajun I, I give them the full emerald you know what i mean i and i don't think i'm and we've talked about this before a little bit of what you're doing is if it's like can you can you understand the motivation behind it if it's meant to be sarcastic and insulting and nasty you can tell that if it's meant to be loving and appreciative and funny You can tell that, too. And maybe there are some people that are really good at walking that line of, I'm going to be a bad guy, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say bad things, but I'm going to make it so that it isn't an obvious insult, it's ambiguous. It's funny, we're watching The Rookie, and there's a character that is a very prejudiced policeman, but he's learned to couch all that prejudice in the ways of law enforcement, the ways of- Who just
0: happens to be Superman. (laughs) Yes, exactly that.
1: You're right, Brandon Ralph, And so- I found that a very effective, like everything that comes out of this guy's mouth, I hate him, but he's so cunning in terms of that's not going to get him fired. That's not going to get him brought up on charges until until something that it isn't just a matter of the wink things he's saying, but he acts out wrongly. And then there's proof, if you will. Right.
0: So, so that's what second season, maybe third season, right? I
1: think third season, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and
0: you're in the middle of it. Right. I'm not gonna give anything episode away. Episode
1: five or something. We have all kinds of good stuff to go. <laughs> this is, I think I might have mentioned this, but usually it like is happy to show you the next episode and just go along. For whatever reason, at some point. We were in like season two, and it jumped forward to the first episode of like season seven, I think. And so at first when it was going, I was like, okay, that's not the same watch commander or whatever like that. So something's wrong here. But then they also then have uh, Rosalind Dyer, who I think is the female serial killer. And so I guess she's going to figure in. I don't know how much of a repeating character she's going to have been, but she's still around for season seven. And she and John must have had multiple interactions because she's got the little like loving you john type thing where, where you know what the boy that alligator sure loves you so we that little teleport into the future is very much like what marvel would do purposefully well, the teaser and then bring you back to this timeline and wait until you so I, I was very amused by that mistake actually gave us some insight into maybe what we're going to see happening in the next five seasons.
0: you've <laughs> got so much good <laughs> stuff coming up um, very cool yeah, I, we
1: usually watch a couple episodes a night. We're not binging it where it's going to be used up too soon, but almost always there's enough in one episode that we're like, we just got to see what happens with their baby. You know what I mean? You did, yeah. There's all those little things that lead you to the next one. They're right. very smart about that. <laughs> when, when his brother shows up, it's great. Wait, what? Okay, uh, I, oh, I do. Yeah, the neer brother. Yes. Okay, the half-brother. Uh, yeah, Tudic shows that.
0: up a couple times, starts playing not a recurring role, but a few times. Okay. And the things that you mentioned with Rosalind, they, this is one of those shows that starts off with one premise is okay he's a rookie year seven he's no longer a rookie <laughs> so they That's really realize that and they've developed the other characters and the other storylines with those characters and you care about that just as much as you do anything else so they're they've been able to keep it fresh and alive because they didn't just stay focused on that one aspect it's grown and it's they better not cancel the show yet there's still so much good stuff to come from it. (laughs)
1: that's right i love ensemble casts like that castle was a really good example of that that it wasn't over only ever about him It was always about everybody in the police house, and that some characters come in and go out, and there's recurring his mother, his daughter, mother and the daughter, exactly. So they just had his new mother in the rookie show up, and she's not just irritating; she's really psychotic. You know what I mean? So (laughs) and skeezy, and skeezy. But what's also funny is, I wonder how much like does Nathan Fillion have things in his background that each of those is a variation on his mom that she was always doing get rich quick schemes or that she was always like so egotistical and narcissistic that she didn't have much concern for others and what's it like to grow up with that how did he get to be a relatively good guy with that constant influence of her being so skeezy? exactly so there's more to learn there i don't know when she's going to reappear but they just had the first big where she comes into his place and, and takes over badly and and does the CBD scam and stuff like that. And they just parted with him saying, I, I need you to not be like be in my life. And how do you say that to your mom? After you've had 500 bad things done by her, it's just self-defense, right? It's yeah. like, I have friends that can't be around their mom because their mom pushes their buttons. They're the ones that put those buttons there in the first place. And out of self-defense, out of just like retaining your sanity, being an adult, you don't play the role of daughter to mom anymore. You play that you're your own person. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: So before we roll out of here, we'll keep on the superhero vein. And you're way more ahead than I am. So Doom Patrol has been the other bigger series uh, that we've been watching. And I'm way behind. I'm only on like season two. Uh, it's got lots of good elements.
1: But I will say this. I love Grant Morrison's run. And much of how they started off this series is based on his characteristics, the characters that appeared in his run of the Doom Patrol and stuff. But the more that they've um, abandoned his stuff, that they've made up their own, that they deviated, they're not as good a writer as Grant Morrison. They don't have that combination of macabre and surreal and heartfelt and all that kind of stuff. So there's good for what it is for TV. It's good. Each of the characters gets a resolution to what had been going on with them. But having said that, I just wish that they would have continued with a lot of what Grant Morrison did, because there's all kinds of plots that he had that could have been done better if they hewed more closely to what he had originally envisioned. Still very satisfying and still very heartbreaking. You know what I mean? That every character's resolution is not always good. Yeah. And, yeah. and yet it's, it's definitely one of those shows that we don't care about whatever superhero conventions you think you know, much like the Doom Patrol always was it's a gang of misfits and people cast out from society and they just happen to have powers or bump into problems that they end up saving the world again and again while the whole world says yeah once you save the world over there don't come near me you know what i mean it really a little x-men ish where forever you're going to be society doesn't like you trust you they'll have a big parade for you and then they'll say but you can't live in the neighborhood they're just through the parade if it, it really captures a lot of that and i'll extrapolate to this Smart people deal with that all the time (laughs) and your capabilities, but I'm scared. I'm scared that you really can think that much faster and deeper and that I can't keep up and that I can't control you. And for a lot of people, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? So it's a little weird that that sense of being, I don't know, forever out of place. I've uh, a lot of I've learned to not always be the smart guy because people don't always appreciate it. They're actually not liking of it. Uh, It will. I'll close with. We went to the Cleveland Comedy Festival this weekend. It ran four days, but we only had uh, stuff to do on one day. One of them was making fun of art, and it really was a great premise. of they had uh, a master of ceremonies, and then three comedians, and they rotated people in and out of this, and they looked at great works of art or not so great works of art and commented on them. Kind of the same thing that when you walk through an art gallery, and you can really appreciate it, or you can really say, that's a fraud. That's just a big block of blue. What the hell's going on there? They were really good at incisive, funny comments about that. But what I made the mistake of doing was, I knew a little bit about it too. And sometimes I would say things that were also witty, but that showed that I really understood what the background of that painting, or that, why is there, they had a painting of Perseus killing Medusa. But there's more than one snake-haired Gorgon there, and I had to stop myself from saying, well, that's because Medusa was one of three sisters because it would have been more people in the crowd going, This they, they were very kind up on stage, was saying, maybe you should be up here on the panels. No, you guys are doing great. I'm just throwing things in where I hope that it will help. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes being smart is showing off. Sometimes being smart is disruptive and taking you off the track. And because I, mine was only informational, it wasn't witty, I just kept it to myself. Let's keep being witty. Let's keep making fun. You know what I mean? I'm aware that like other smart people, once in a while, you don't have that sense in time. And you say something that has everybody going, all right, it's weird that he really knows all the details and remembers that much and all that kind of stuff. And I've, I've had to learn to do that in the course of my young life. I learned early on,
0: Rattle put, yourself. Put
1: big light under a bushel basket once in a while, because not everybody likes to know that you can spell psychedelic when you're like five. Right. It's just, I've learned that early on. Oh, there. That's a a sad little note of once in a while, you just have to blend in instead of standing out. It's much healthier for
0: you. Based on the time of year it is, you know what the really big exciting thing uh, with this time of year is? That it's now time to watch the Guardians Christmas special again with Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Because I've been waiting for months to watch it again. I, I, I limit myself. I don't want to watch it when it's not Christmas time. It's, it's Christmas time. Let's watch this three or four times again. <laughs> yes.
1: I, I totally agree. And I love, I, I need to go re-watch Peacemaker, just because I want to see the opening titles where they do the little dance routine. That's just... And Which Alan Tudyk. Alan
0: Tudyk is the one that
1: came up with that. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: So, I love that kind of stuff. That And in fact, I'm not, I don't know whether they're out yet. I think not. The next Doctor Who is the return of David Tennant. But yes. not the same Doctor. Like a befuddled maybe I, i'll wait to see what happens yeah I'm intensely curious and i'm really hoping that it works out and i think also a couple other people returning from past episodes and stuff like that i actually have been like re-watching doctor who from the first of the modern episodes the christopher eccleston series so somehow they all became available on prime or hulu or someplace i think and they're so, on uh, max maybe it's max then thank you very much and i uh, they introduced they, they had uh, they bring back the Daleks, they bring, they, and, and, but they have introducing introductions of all kinds of new stuff as well. And, and so I can also see why Eccleston really wasn't a great doctor. He really is like aggressive and dismissive and nastier than past doctors have been. And I could see why somehow the showrunners said, this really isn't keeping with the canon of the kindly old grandfather and the befuddled hobo. And the, do you know right. what I mean? There's been variations on him, but none of them were. Actively telling human beings what stupid apes they are and stuff like that. So, I'm waiting to see. I like right after this is where David Tennant kicks in, right? And then to Matt Smith, so I'm wanting to rewatch the David Tennant's before the new David Tennant version shows up. I can compare and contrast more fully, right? I love them. I just love the Doctor Who's. There's so much there, there's so much stuff in there. So,
0: if you like Doctor Who, you'll (laughs) probably like Loki because it has that same feel that. That time travel oddball, Goofy, and and the things other things I love bringing back Loki. A second is if you ever play Fallout, it this felt like Fallout. Everything looked like Fallout within there, and a lot of the story reminded me of Control, which is a video game by Remedy who just came out with the Alan Wake series. So the, if you liked Loki. Go watch Doctor Who and play Control by Remedy and Fallout because all those continue all
1: continue in some ways exactly. Well, not
0: yeah, they feel like that show a lot. And if you point. like those shows, check out Loki because it feels similar. Those if you liked, you may like this.
1: <laughs> That's right. But it's funny. One of the places I have a real blind spot for pure video games. I've always played computer games, but I've never had an Xbox and a PlayStation and the NES and all that kind of stuff. And so when they often have references songs characters that kind of stuff i'll see a whole bunch of cosplays i can guess because i've seen it a bunch of times is that orgle bargle or whatever i really don't and other people are like automatic because they've been immersed in those worlds and the scenery around them and the characters and the costumes and all that kind of stuff i one day will have to catch up on that or i'll just have to acknowledge that though i do relentless geekery i got a blind spot a mile wide in terms well, of
0: the the remedy games alan wake and control i think are both on steam they're that type of game that works well with pc and Uh, fallout is them
1: for 19 bucks or something like that and yeah
0: i got control the ultimate edition like two or three years ago for 11 Uh, dollars i I
1: love it's funny i love those kinds of bargains but oftentimes they're like i know nothing about this and am i really gonna even spend 11 bucks on it's funny i think that I like more dungeon crawls than shooters. You know what I mean? That like it, it. there's a certain style of game that I like and I have not gotten enough experience to be materially better at. I can see that guy just around the edge of that big crate and I'm going to pick him off because I'm such a sniper that instead I'm like running to the room, spraying bullets everywhere, John wooing it up and then you die you know what uh, i mean
0: so. yeah yeah the new mario game is out it's called wonder it's on switch and okay. it's got some really unique elements to it that changes that series up a bit people are loving it and colin and ethan uh had it and we're playing it They're like hey you want to play with us uh, okay i've not played many switch games i don't know all the controls and i'm trying okay. to figure it out and this one yeah and this one's different in, in anyway and they were laughing at me how long have you said you played video games and on and on and i'm like you know what you two go grab your computers put doom on there and we're going to deathmatch match right now i will right. play doom against both of you you two <laughs> against me i guarantee you will not win shut no, up
1: you'll <laughs> we'll, we'll have your viscera out of your body and men- i just saw that little meme that it was death that um comes along and says, so, hey, maybe it's the devil, actually. And now we have the competition where if, I, if you lose, I get your eternal soul. And if, if you win, then you get to be the king of hell. And so, would you like to play chess? And the kid goes, how about Mario Kart? And then, of course, they show him in the next scene being on the throne of hell. Right. So there really are different experiences and skill sets, depending on what you've played in your life. And I'm right. sure that I'd be the fumbly guy that then if we went ahead and played, Diablo, civilization, things that I really am, all kinds of old like arcade video games. Me and Berserk, me and Moon Patrol, we're pretty intimately acquainted.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? I mentioned like the Atari 2600 Space Invaders. I'm like, I can flip that thing without dying. And they're like, what do you mean flip? We know what it means because we lived in the day when there wasn't enough memory for all the numbers. That doesn't happen now. So you have to explain that to them. They're like, oh. Why didn't you have the numbers? It's not impressive to them. It's <laughs> seriously, it's impressive. Just trust me.
1: <laughs> it, I, I think I've, many of the time I've been to replay FX in Pittsburgh and now it seems to have shuttered at, because COVID and it's not going to recover. But one of the joys was not just going there to play pinball as much as I did that. It was taking a break and going and finding the arcade games that I hadn't played in forever, like make tracks, like Moon Patrol, and seeing if I could still get my little name up on the top there. And then coming back where somebody had sur- past me it's oh yeah get in there gunfighter mode and put my name back on
0: the top (laughs) it's funny you say that because i i just recently in the last couple months pulled up doom i I listened to john romero's book out his biography and i'm like okay now i'm in the mood for doom so i pulled doom back up started at the beginning again and i'm playing it and i told my buddy casey i'm like man it, it just took me a couple minutes to thaw out a little bit but i was just automatically doing all these moves and stuff without even thinking about it because it's so ingrained from 30 years ago.
1: when I think I discovered that Play-Doh still exists in emulation out there on the net. And it you simulate a Play-Doh terminal and there's any number of times that I went to my regular keyboard with this is where you hit shift term and it isn't available. So what's the equivalent? But my fingers had finger memory that they were going to do something. That's what you do next. Exactly that. So even just like, signing on and stuff like that They hit the escape anyway it was interesting to see it's still in there like you said 30 years ago. i got out of school in 83 and it's 2023 40 years later yeah i can still sit down to one of those terminals and just go and just as if you go back in time it's a pretty cool thing (laughs) yeah yeah so all right ma'am always a pleasure it was fun you know we need to start doing because thanksgiving is coming up and then black friday and then cyber monday we might need to start making some gift recommendations for the holidays Absolutely. You know, so what's our favorite geeky things of the year and just that it um it would be worth turning people on to hey uh, they just had this first entry i just got so that my wife can give it to me the keith emerson variations box set which is like a 20 cd career retrospective nice and that's pretty cool. And yeah. and it I got it at a better price than what I thought I was going to pay. And the Rick Wakeman one is about to come out as well. And his is like a 30 CD. So if you're prog rock keyboard geek like I am, these really are not only, of course, the music, but like the book, the little libretto, if you will, of all the stuff that was going on and variations and or, or origins of things. And that was like 300 bucks coming out. But I'm hoping that the same thing will happen that once the market has it and that that it's not only a limited edition but there's a certain motto maybe i'll get myself a couple really big christmas gifts that colleen can give to me and we'll talk about those kinds of things we can get for 11 bucks the complete on stage or we can get for 150 bucks the complete keith emerson is anybody still buying cds apparently just me
0: yeah (laughs) yeah all right man This you. has been the Relentless Bye-bye. Geekery Podcast. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and go give us a review. Give us some likes. It would help a lot. Check out our website, RelentlessGeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page, Join the Conversation, and go check out our YouTube page, where we have the video of this and other episodes. you have been listening to the relentless geekery podcast come back next week and join alan and steven's conversation on geek topics of the week